If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful air of Shabbos to all of you. Great to be here to share some ideas, to look at the Parsha, and to try and glean from the Parsha some personal lesson, as I always say. It's the relevancy, the idea that the Parsha speaks to each and every one of us on a daily, weekly basis for sure. And when we delve into it, when we look carefully at the Parsha, when we listen carefully to the reading of the Torah, we will hear, we will see, we will understand some dimension that speaks to us personally and directly in the issues that we face in daily life. The Parsha is Yitro. It's a great Parsha. It's a Parsha that speaks about the Ten Commandments, Revelation at Sinai, where it all began in a sense. Although the Jewish people had come out miraculously from slavery in Egypt, they marched towards Sinai, and there they received the Torah, the Word of God, the Wisdom of God, the law of God, which governs the lives of each and every single person, the lives of each and every single Jew. The Torah is, well, it's Torah Chaim, it's Torah of life. And what was given to uh, us at Sinai is not only a series of laws, do this, don't do that, although those are incredibly important. After all, what's life all about? Life is all about do's and don'ts. And we have to know what to do, and we also have to know what not to do. This is what makes us responsible individuals living a life of correctness and purpose. Of course, do's and don'ts are important. But more than that, there was a bond that developed. There was a relationship that developed between God and the Jewish people. God speaks to the Jewish people and says to them, I am giving you, I am giving you my wisdom through the medium of Torah. Torah not only gives us laws ideas, but it also shares with us the wisdom of God. And what God is actually saying to us is that not only I'm giving you this gift, but I'm giving you the capacity to understand this gift. And this is something which is so important for us to understand. After all, faith in God is fundamental. We believe in God, we believe in His Torah. But it's not enough just to believe, even though that is primary. We also have to understand, and this is why the study of Torah is so important, because the study of Torah not only enables us to understand how we live life by the do's and don'ts, but the study of Torah actually opens up our minds, our intellectual capacity, our intellect, to receive the presence of God. And this is something which each and everyone strives, hopefully strives for. Not only to live a life correctly, but to live an elevated life. To live a life where godliness has not only some vague presence, but a knowledgeable presence. As Maimonides tells us, it's a mitzvah to know, to understand godliness as much as possible. And while one may ask the question, how is it possible for a limited, finite mind to understand the infinite dimension of godliness... That's the gift that God gave us, that yes, even this limited mind, a mind that is limited by all sorts of things, nonetheless, with proper involvement, attention, and devotion, we are able to expand that mind to such a degree that it is able to grasp godly concepts and godly dimensions that we begin to understand his interaction with us, his interaction with his world, what creation is all about. And this is the study of Hasidut bringing us into that dimension of a relationship with God. And this is the Parsha of Yitro. 
where God gives us the Torah. This is the great moment. The Jewish people are standing around Sinai about to receive this incredible gift from God, a gift that is infinite beyond any description, beyond any words. The question, however, is take a look at the beginning of the Parsha, and it says, Vayishma Yitro, and Yitro heard. Rashi asks the question, what was that he heard that caused him to leave the comfort of his home in Midian and arrive in the wilderness where the Jewish people are? After all, Yitra was the Kohen Midian. He was the political and religious leader of one of the most powerful empires at that time. It was a strong country. Yitra was a man who well, rose to the top in that society. He was both their political leader and their religious leader. And he is a man of incredible influence and importance in the world at that time. Once upon a time, he was actually one of the senior advisors to Pharaoh, but he fell out with Pharaoh, returned to his home in Midian, and continued his incredible role as both political and religious leader. And this man, actually the father-in-law of Moshe, Moshe married his daughter, actually leaves this place of comfort and power and honor and strength and goes to the Midbar. He goes to the desert, to the wilderness, where the Jewish people are moving toward Sinai or soon thereafter. And the question Rashi asks, which is an obvious question, it says, and Yitro heard, what did he hear? What impressed him? What touched him to such a degree that he was able desire to make this move. And while our sages give us a number of reasons, Rashi chose two. He said what he heard was the miracle of Kriyat Yamsuf, the splitting of the Sea of Reeds, and Melchemet Amalek, the incredible, miraculous battle against this powerful nation, Amalek, who came to attack the Jewish people on the way to Sinai. These are the two things that touched Yitro to such a degree that he left the comfort and power of his home and came to join the Jewish people. Now, what was so special about these two events? What was so unique about these two events that actually caused Yitro to move, to move away from his power base and come to the wilderness in the desert? What was so great about the splitting of the sea and Mohammed Amalek that was able to move this man? And the answer is, well, obvious. Splitting of the sea, Kriyat Yamsuf, was a miraculous act on the part of God. God changed nature. Water which flows came to a halt, developed tunnels for each tribe to march through. It was an obvious miracle to all. It was something which the world stood in awe of. As we say in Az Yashir, everybody was overwhelmed by the incredible intervention of God within the natural order. When God created the world, it was a world of natural order, a world where he hid his divine godliness and allowed the divine nature to rule the world. And here comes an act. The Egyptians are chasing the Jewish people. The Jewish people stand at the banks of this great, great sea of reeds. And what happens, the water separates. The water, the land becomes dry. The Jewish people march to victory. The Egyptians are destroyed. What was the Belchemus Amalek? What was the battle with Amalek? It was a little bit different. A great miracle. An incredible miracle. The Jewish people who had no experience in warfare, after all, they were slaves for hundreds of years. 
They have to match up against and challenge the most powerful army in the world, the army of Amalek. Now, God could have done a miracle and destroyed Amalek in a moment, but he doesn't do that. He instructs Moshe to choose young men who will go into battle against Amalek. The miracle is that they won, but the Jewish people had to do something on their own. They had to contribute their own strength and ability to actually achieve this miracle. It was not an obvious direct miracle from God destroying Amalek. No, he wanted the Jewish people to actually engage in battle, to do something on their own. And he gave them the strength and the ability to be victorious. The Moshe's hands were raised up, and as long as his hands were raised up, the Jewish people overwhelmed the armies of Amalek. These two episodes, splitting of the sea and Mohammed Amalek, touches Yitro in a very special sort of way. It tells him that God not only influences the events of the world by intervening in an overwhelming way, but God also enables people to participate, and not only enables, but demands that people participate in the miracles that develop in this world. It's a relationship between God and man, a relationship between the infinite and the finite. Of course God could destroy a Amalek on his own in a second, but God doesn't want that. God wants the people themselves to be involved and to create kalim, to create vessels for divine miracles to take place. Yes, there are moments when we need and we expect and receive overwhelming miracles that God himself simply does that which has to be done, as in the case of the splitting of the sea. But when it comes to these two acts, Yitro is incredibly impressed. Because most people obviously thought either God is way up there, and from time to time, if so he chooses, he will enact certain miracles within the natural order. Or... God is so far away, it's up to man to do whatever he can in order to survive in this world. What he saw now was a relationship, a symbiotic relationship between God and man, where God influences and at the same time God elevates man so that he is able to participate in the miraculous journey against all obstacles. This is what touches Yisrael. Yisrael heard something like this. He said, I have to see this people, a people that have this incredible relationship with God, God who is infinite and creator of the world and, yes, does intervene within the natural order of the world. That he could understand. People standing up and doing something on their own, without any faith in God, that he understands as well. But the relationship between infinite and finite, the relationship between God and man, working together in a situation, recognizing, yes, there are moments of absolute miracles, and there are moments when we have to be part of the miracle that developed. This is something which touches Israel. Now, we have to understand, Israel was not an ordinary person. Israel was a man of extreme intellect. In fact, our sages tell us he was familiar with and experienced every single form of idolatry, every single form of paganism. He understood every single philosophy that nations rule their lives by. He understood each and every one, and he recognized inherent flaws in each and every one. And because of this, when he sees something which is absolutely overwhelmingly true, 
God the infinite, man the finite, God intervening, and man responding and acting as well. This is something which he never experienced before. It was either straight idolatry, where you create imagery, where you create ideas that have nothing to do with God, in fact, are contrary to faith in God. You either elevate man to superhuman power and give him strength, and you say it's the law of the jungle, survival of the fittest, this is what the world looks like, power. Or you create religions to confuse man, to create religions to kind of intoxicate the human being into a state of unhealthy faith. Those two things he understood fully, and he understood their strength. He understood their power. He understood how these ideas are something which is acceptable to the human condition, to the human mind. Wrong as they are, this is what rules the world. It's either false faith or superhuman strength. But the relationship between an infinite God and a finite person where a person is able to elevate himself to such a degree that he can partner with God into bringing about the realization of great miracles. This he never saw before. Separately, yes, he saw it. But working together, he never saw it. And this is why our sages tell us something which is strange, something which is absolutely unique. One would think that even though Yitra was a man of great influence, of great power, of great intellect, he was a man who had the incredible merit that Moshe was his son-in-law. But one would think that the Parsha in which we read the Ten Commandments would be named after somebody far more important, like Moses himself. Why don't we call the Parsha Moshe? Moshe brings the Torah down from God to the Jewish people. We choose of all people a man who went through experiences which were anti-godly a man who went through experiences which were not part and parcel of the reality of the faith that we have. And yet he is the one that's honored to such a degree that the entire Parsha, which contains the incredible miracle of Matan Torah, receiving the Torah, revelation at Sinai, the Ten Commandments, this is within a Parsha that carries his name. But as we explained before, Yitro had come to an incredible realization. The realization that while God is heavenly, creator of heaven and earth, can destroy the laws of nature at will, change the laws of nature at will, God chooses to interact with and partner with human beings, with man. He asks the Jewish people to create an army to fight against Amalek. Yitro is impressed with this because he sees that all the philosophies, all the pagan beliefs, all the idolatry, they're empty, they're wrong. And because of that, he actually expresses the words, now I see that God is in fact the greatest God of all. One who is able to span this incredible distance, not geographic distance, but conceptual difference between the true infinite and finite, and allow man to participate within that interaction. This is true godliness. And our sages explain, our mystical sages explain, what Yitro was actually doing by acknowledging this incredible fact. What Yitro was actually doing was creating a vessel into which the Torah could be given. Because as mentioned earlier on, what is the giving of the Torah all about? The giving of the Torah is not only a set of laws of do's and don'ts. It's actually a medium. It's actually a bridge that connects God with man and man with God. 
what Yitro had done is removed all the obstacles, whether the obstacles of power, the obstacle of idolatry, the obstacle of paganism, false religions, whatever obstacle there stood in the way of the world receiving Torah, Yitro had removed them by denouncing them, by saying quite publicly, I've experienced that, and it's empty, it's false, it does not allow for godliness in this world. But he removed all of that. There were no more barriers. The question, of course, is why was it necessary to remove the barriers? And here, too, we continue along the same theme, the idea that God interacts with man, with a human being. God wants man to do something to enable God himself to send down his wisdom into the world. Of course, God can impose his wisdom upon the world. God can infuse his wisdom into the minds of anyone. The Jewish people are standing around Sinai waiting for the great moment. God could simply put it into their minds, put it into their heads. But the answer is no. You want to know the Torah, you want to receive the Torah, you have to receive it. Yes, there is faith, that's the foundation, but at the same time you have to understand you can't go through life without the study of Torah. You can't go through life without using your mind, your intellect, your limited intellect to receive godly dimensions. This follows the theme of Yitro. Yitro is the one who denounces Every single philosophy, every single faith, every single type of idolatry that stands in the way of Torah. And this is something that we have to understand. The road is clear. All we have to do is to play our own part, to connect with God through Torah, to connect the infinite and finite, to connect this world with God through our own efforts. This is the story of splitting the Sea of Reeds. This is the story of the battle against Amalek. When you think about it, it's an ongoing, developing theme throughout the entire Parsha. And this is why Yitro is the one who's honored by having his name connected with the Parsha about the Torah. Because basically what it does is it gives authenticity to this concept that our sages teach us, that in order for us to truly connect with God, it is through Torah. It's not only the acceptance, but the study. It's not only study, but the performance. It is man's interaction with God that brings about a state of perfection. This is what happened at Sinai. This is what happened with the God gave us the Torah. This is what happened after Yitro had actually removed every possible argument, philosophy, idea that could stand in the way of Torah. No one could ever say, but this, or but that, this faith, that faith, this idea, that idea, this idol, that idol. No, Yitro already disproved it. Yitro, through his incredible intellect, through his power of understanding and the desire of recognizing truth, Yitro told us, Nothing stands in the way of Torah. All those ideas have been destroyed and nullified. Now it's up to each and every one of us to act in a way that actually gives, well, validity to that which happened at Sinai. The ability to have faith, understand, and act. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about Yitra, we're talking about the idea that anyone 
following revelation at Sinai who get, stands up and claims, well, you know, Torah might be great, but after all, there's this idea, there's that idea, there's this philosophy, this atheistic philosophy, this and that. And the answer is, well, think about it. Jethro knew all of that. Yitro knew all of that. He denied it. He rejected it. It was something that was completely contrary to truth and authenticity. And therefore, if you have the honest approach of understanding the value of Torah, you have to study the Torah from that perspective as well. Yitro not only paved the way, Yitro not only removed the obstacles, Yitro also gives argument to anyone who denies the authenticity of Torah throughout the ages. And as I said before, Yitro was not an ordinary person. He was, well, highly respected in all the circles of power in the world. He was a man of wisdom, a man of strength, a man of insights. Kings looked to him for counsel, advice, and leadership. And he gives that up in order to join the Jewish people in the wilderness. But it goes further than that. The story of Revelation at Sinai is not only the greatness of Jethro, who actually helped pave the way so that Torah could be given into this physical world. It goes beyond that as well, the actual story of Revelation at Sinai, something that we talked about some time ago, but something which is so important for us to repeat right now. And that is that when God gave the Torah to the Jewish people at Sinai, it was given in a language that was not in any way a collective language. It was an individual language. God spoke individually to each and every single individual. Now picture the scene. Millions of people are standing around Sinai waiting for the word of God. The Ten Commandments booming out of the heavens, moving out of every single corner of the world. All of creation is overwhelmed by this moment of God's revelation in the world. God gives the people the Torah. Now, you would think that God is speaking to everybody. Yes, he is speaking to everybody. But the language that he uses is not the plural, but the singular. Each and every single individual heard the word of God as if God was speaking to him, her, him, her alone. And this is something which is important for us to understand. Because people can often argue and say, well, it's not for me. Yes, I understand the truth of Torah. There's something important there. It's important to study, important to act correctly, etc., etc., etc. But this is not who I am. It wasn't really, it was given to us as a people, and therefore as a people, each one has their own role to play. I don't feel that I have a role to play in the story of Torah and the relationship between God and myself and Torah. And the answer is quite to the contrary. God spoke to you and you and you and you to each and every single individual alone. Yes, millions of people are standing around. But the miraculous communication was that each and every single individual felt that God was talking to him or her alone. And this is so important for us to understand because each and every one of us has a portion within the Torah. Each and every single one of us has an area of Torah that is unique to them. And you might ask the question, how is it possible? There have been millions and millions and millions and millions of Jews throughout the ages. Each and every single one had a portion in Torah. The answer is a resounding yes. Each and every single individual has to find his or her area of Torah. 
And this is why, why you study the entirety of Torah. You're always looking for that dimension where God speaks to you and speaks to you directly. This is a miracle. This is a miracle that only can be done by the divine. This is something which cannot be done where somebody stands in front of millions of people and one feels that all, all that is being said is very specific, as if nobody else is standing around you. This is part of the miracle, the greatness of Torah. It's highly individual. Yes, it's also collective. It binds us as a people. It unites us as a people. It makes us into a people. But what makes us into a people is the individuality that each and every single one possesses, each and every single one contributes, is that specific collective miracle that takes place, the infinite and finite at the same time. And this is why the study of Torah goes beyond an intellectual pursuit. It goes beyond knowing what to do and what not to do. It goes to knowing oneself, one's relationship with God. This is how Torah has to be studied. This is how Torah has to be understood. This is how Torah has to be received. It's not enough just to know. You have to know and feel and act and share and recognize the unique gift that is given to each and every one of us. Of course, a great many more, but each and every one of us stands there receiving specific words, instructions, ideas, attitudes from God that are unique to us and to us alone. This is something that we have to understand. Yes, of course, the Parsha is named after Yitro. But what is the concept of Yitro, as Yitro, Yitro mentioned before? Removing obstacles to the truth of Torah. This is what we have to do. In order for us to hear that individual message, we have to look at our own lives and ask ourselves, do I possess any obstacles that stops the flow, the idea, the practice of Torah in my life? in the life of those around me. And each and every one of us has to say, of course, there are so many areas of life which are imperfect. There are so many areas of life that needs to be corrected and uplifted. And this is what we have to do. We have to follow the example of Yitro and say, I am going to remove those obstacles that doesn't allow for the free flow of Torah into my life and the lives of others around me. I hear that word. I want to hear that word, which is unique to me, which is special to me. This is what makes Torah great. Torah is both infinite and finite at the same time. Torah is a miracle beyond all miracles, greater than creation in every sense of the word. We take a look at creation and the incredible universes that God put into being out of nothing. That is minimal, minimal compared to the miracle of Torah, which takes us to even greater places, which takes us to even more wondrous, infinite dimensions of knowledge and life. And this is why this week is such a special week. It's the Parsha that we read the Ten Commandments and hear the Ten Commandments. And this is why when you're in shul tomorrow, listen carefully. Listen to the introduction, what Yitro is going through, his relationship with Moshe. Listen to the story of the Ten Commandments. Listen to it all developing right in front of you, each and every one of us. And listen carefully for that relevant personal word. It's there. Because God spoke to each and every single individual directly. And he said, I'm putting 
my Torah, my Ten Commandments into the Parsha, which is called by the name of Yitro because he is the individual who recognized the necessity to remove obstacles by recognizing both the great miracle of the splitting of the sea where God intervenes into the world that he creates and also the Mohammed Amalek, the battle of Amalek where each individual participates in making a vessel for the miracle to take place. Listen and listen carefully. Good Shabbos.